Hey, good morning and good afternoon and good evening. Welcome to another episode of Hold My Remote. Um, I'm Holland, and with me today I have Joel. Oh, hello. <laughs> and uh, Sandal. Yeah, I'm, I'm also here. Hello. Hey. So today we got um, two things, Batman Ninja and Deadpool 2. Yep, and before we hop into those, I was thinking we would do some recommendations this week. Just maybe something quick, fun, what we've been playing, what we've been watching. Um, well, I've been watching Westworld. <laughs> <laughs> Season 2, yeah. Uh, I'm still holding off on that. I think I'm going to play that one like Joel is and wait maybe a little bit longer. but Until been... all the full season's out? Yeah, well, maybe. I don't know. I, I might start it this week possibly um i've been haven't been playing too much but been watching uh i just finished up on walking dead and i've been watching doctor who for the first time ever doctor who i know i had never really gotten into it but i'm i'm pretty into it now yeah i'm up, I'm up to fun. season three yeah right like what would you recommend i don't know maybe like doctor who just one of the most popular tv shows ever created like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is it is pretty popular but for anybody out there who hasn't seen any doctor who if you like some incredibly low budget often cheesy often heartfelt british sci-fi then doctor who is where it's see at. that's what drew me into it is like it is so cheesy low and budget? like the the early <laughs> season it looks just terrible like all of the stuff in it just looks awful but it still drew me into it and i was like all right i you know I, I can I can keep with this. It's, I don't it's good. Think, I think the budget's increased a little, don't you think? Oh sure. Oh sure. <laughs> but I'm oh, yeah, still I'm still back sure, in like yeah. season three, which is like early two thousands. Mm. So Okay, okay. Yeah, there there some of that may just be a little bit of the, the time period speaking to you too. Because yeah. the sort of bottom the baseline for graphics has improved in television. They're for sure. still rocking flip phones right now, so <laughs> yeah. we're, we've got a little well, we hey, got a little ways to catch up. You're in you're in uh, ten now, though, aren't you? You're in David Tennis, right? Yeah, yeah. He was. I did the whole previous season was with him, and this season has started off with him. So I don't know. I I thought it, I just assumed it changed every season, but I I don't really. I don't I don't know. I guess it doesn't. No, a good doctor will generally have a couple of seasons worth of of screen oh, time. Oh, that's so depressing. They're, they're, a good doctor. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be like that'd be so depressing if like you get halfway through the season or you know like three fourths and then you you see the script for like the next few episodes and it's like you die. You're like, oh, <laughs> well then. Well, it's it's a big deal when the doctor regenerates, so you'll you'll know when it's coming, and. Uh, <laughs> And they're the only doctor, to be fair, who who did not see a long run was the '90s television movie Doctor, and you know, I do you remember his his actor's name? Mitten Andrew. Oh. No idea. Who yeah, who are you talking no idea about? Either. Yeah, there there's like a 1990s Doctor Who film. I no, I don't know. I didn't really watch it until like 2000s. I, I'm pretty sure it was widely panned, 
and even the fans of the series weren't too big on it. But uh, it's Paul something or another, I think, the actor's name. It, it might come to me later. Paul but, Simon. Uh, he, I, I don't know. I don't think so. It it could be. I know that I can't name. say no. <laughs> I can't think of... A, Paul Simon. Could, no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, he's, he's a famous... He's a famous singer-songwriter. Okay, that's where I know it from. All right, the name just <laughs> popped in. But uh, but no, no, no. So he, he actually went in, and, and there are some pretty popular Doctor Who voice plays, and he got a sort of second life as a radio doctor, which I thought was pretty cool. That's a bit, it's, a, it's a bit of a step down, but yeah, it's pretty cool. So what what were and, uh, what uh, were your oh yeah your yeah so shows I mean, and games I feel like down. you had one had one in mind come on if you're the doctor on TV and then you end up being like the radio doctor like eh. it's still you I mean okay you 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 age with grace but then at the same time you're still a, a doctor anyone doing anything purely over just voice recording has clearly not made it. <laughs> <laughs> The sound like that's familiar to anybody. Oh, ouch. Well, there are definitely audio-only people who have made that's it, true. but audio-only people who have made it generally are are people who either had some sort of stage presence otherwise or are really charismatic or they've since added live shows or they do the recordings of the podcast themselves like uh, Mark Marin. Or uh, even like people who are obscure, like uh, my brother, my brother and me, the the brothers, they they all do live performances now. So, and I I've maybe been to at least I've been to one or two, I think, of uh, my brother and my brother and me. Well, that's fun. Yeah, that's a cool podcast. Yeah, they're, they're fun. I think they're they're uh, they've really grown for sure. Just like we will. <laughs> yes, that positive we're gonna be, attitude. We're going to be doing live podcasts. <laughs> That's just such a weird concept I to me. I can't imagine us ever being that famous, but you never know. You never know. <laughs> All right, well, but, uh, uh, let's, let's so, talk about... So bef- well, I didn't get to do my recommendation. Yeah. Oh. oh, okay. Okay, so I'll, I'll jump real quick in. So, <laughs> so uh, it's, it's a television show i think produced by the bbc but co-aired with amc and it's called the terror <gasps> oh I think that's right i, I mentioned yeah. it to you guys when when i saw you over the weekend but it's really good it's it's got great production values it uh, stars uh, jared harris who you might recognize from a couple of things but he played moriarty in the the uh, uh the guy Ritchie sherlock holmes film uh, starring uh, against Robert Downey Jr.'s Sherlock oh, Holmes. Oh, yeah, and, and Paul, Jude, Jude Law. Yep, yep, Jude Law. And uh, and then it also stars uh, Siren Hines, who is a actor that I guess I recognize. I don't know if you guys would necessarily... I used to watch a lot of like British period dramas with my mom when I lived back at the home bake, the years baking, ago. The Greatest Baking Show? Uh, no, but I have seen that it is good <laughs> i don't think siren heights has anything to do with the great british bake-off <laughs> but i could be wrong on that yeah, too yeah he, he could not. he could be the star of the show and paul simon 
could be one of the doctors. I mean, Paul Simon could be. <laughs> yeah, you, you never know. You know, it's funny that you like so. the, when you when you told me like the rundown or like what that show is about. It doesn't sound like it would be good. Like it's just a ship mm-hmm. trapped in like ice. But it like you never know though. Sometimes those are like sometimes that stuff's very good. But see, AMC knows yeah, for- how to do the stories and characters. Well, and and for and for people who are out there listening who may not know what it is, it's it's the fictionalization of a real life pair of ships, the best of their day, who were sent north to find Arctic passage yeah. and were never seen again. It's the HMS Erebus and Terror, who I I guess just had pre, they just foresaw television, I guess, because they gave them perfectly frightening names for a perfectly frightening series. Okay. So, so that's, (laughs) (laughs) so that's right. That name is terrible for a ship. So that's the show though, right? So the terror. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I might might uh, start that actually this week. (laughs) And, Andrew, cut out, cut out that uh, that awkward silence there from no, from a minute it. ago. That's, that's gold right there. <laughs> you you oh, can't no. you can't uh, you can't. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I have any recommendations except for Westworld. Sure. Hey, Westworld is good. If you haven't seen season one, it's I don't know. It's just on HBO probably. I I don't think that's one of the ones that. You could watch with your Prime subscription. Yeah, no, you, you can't. Well, the DVD is out slash Blu-ray. You could get that. Yeah, yeah, you could, or you could rent stuff. Sure, yeah, that's true. Or <clears throat> there are you could, other uh, means. Get it other ways. Not that we're promoting that. Oh no, we are. I'm very. We all pay it. for. Oh yeah. We yeah. all pay for HBO. It, I, I, in fact, have several accounts just to pay HBO. It's true. <laughs> I just love their stuff so much. I, I Sometimes I just send them uh, envelopes. With, <laughs> with, yeah, the sometimes I just send them random <laughs> checks in the mail. Um, they always okay. get cash. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so anyway, uh, Batman Ninja. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a animation by the Warner Brothers studio. But they... What, what would you say? Contracted it to um, Japanese animators? Either that, or they have some people that were very good at stylizing it in a Japanese way. No, it was it was for sure a, a Japanese set of of uh, all stars doing the oh, oh different. Oh yeah, it was for sure. Um, I think we all watched it. Um, we had some balder drinks while we were watching it. <laughs> You think we all yeah, watched we were, it? I, I mean, we, we were there I'm pretty together. sure we watched it. Uh, the Balder <laughs> drinks were hitting Holland a little bit harder than they hit us, apparently. <laughs> it's like I'm pretty sure you guys were there. <laughs> yeah, let's see. So uh, I'll look up Balder. It's uh, it was a what type was, of I think Norwe- it was exactly? Norwegian white ale or something like that? No, or? no, no. No, that, that was that, that was, was another first... Nordic themed yeah. beer that oh, we we drank. Yeah. Yeah, so we've got uh, Balder. It's Central State Brewing, and Beer Advocate gives it a three point six seven out of five, which is a good rating. Uh, 
is, is a. It? S- I don't okay. think so. <laughs> no, it, it legitimately says uh, uh, good underneath the, the yeah, BA score. Yeah, give it an okay. So. How are they getting yeah, that? I, I'd also given it an okay. Three, three rating. point oh, it's, six it's, seven. It's it's aggregation. Okay. So so sure, beer advocates okay. basically like uh it's like Yelp for well, beers. Well, you know I guess. what? I'm gonna give Batman Ninja three point five seven out of five. <laughs> oh God! It's a three point five it, nine. It, excuse it, it you. Colin gets into rating things on a number scale. <laughs> He's gonna keep jumping between like that's about a sixteen out of twenty or <laughs> yeah no I, I'd say like around like a three point five out of five sounds about right for that movie <laughs> we haven't even talked about it but anyway so um, some all star Japanese animators along with so we watched the English version mm-hmm. someone uh, didn't download the. Uh, Rent. Someone <laughs> didn't <subs>. rent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. He purchased the wrong purchased DVD. The wrong DVD. <laughs> yeah, I purchased the the Blu-ray that came with the only English option. <laughs> well, anyway, um, stamped with an it's stamped with an American flag that says uh, "Foreigners Go Home" on the front of it. The got it at a, I got it at Trader Joe's. The, <laughs> do they sell DVDs there? That would be a little weird because uh, because it's a German company, but um, that would be kind of weird. You know, you never know. But anyway, the animation was actually very well done. I I really enjoyed it. It was stylized. The character designs were unique and different. Um, even the backdrops were just really impressive overall. It's really good. Yeah. I also thought it looked pretty good, uh, and and actually, let's let's go ahead and and jump right in too because to the actual contents. Well, of the hold plot. my so if, remote. If, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's that's the name of the podcast. Is 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 that why we called it that? Uh, yes, yeah. So so uh, I I actually I I think uh, maybe before we get too deep into it, do you want to trial our our new scale or not scale but like the way we treat ratings like just give our our general thoughts so that if somebody wanted to 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 skip past this they Sandal, can. you'll be the guinea pig go uh of my rating for this i'm gonna yeah. go out of yeah. 10 i'm gonna say okay. 6.5 6.5 out of 10 yeah, i think for a few for a few reasons I, yeah, so I, I'd say that I'm I'm also right there with you at six point yeah. five. I, right right after I watched it, I was probably a seven, but in reflecting on it, I'm definitely a six point five. Yeah. Like like you guys said, the the animation and everything was very good. And normally, like you guys know that I don't like the CG animation style. I I just think it's it doesn't make sense to me. Honestly, I feel like you can there's there's so much more that you can do with the just normal type of animation. That you can't do like that, like that you can't do it with you know real life uh, actors, and and that's why it's done in animation. And then when they do the CG version of these, it's like you're lo- you're losing all the good stuff about animation and keeping the bad stuff about doing it with real life uh, actors. But that the the animation was very good, even though I don't like the, the CG. Um, but yeah, the the story of it, and I think. Just based off of like how I feel about DC animated movies and that they're usually just really on point and really good, 
it, it was kind of a letdown. Sure. Ouch. Yeah, I, I my my rating comes from from uh, appreciating all of the the stylistic choices they made, but uh, you know it's it's one of those inch deep sort of sort of films. Um, I I'd give it maybe a seven seven and a half. I out of out of thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, out of, out of ten. I. Well. I think uh, the majority of it is the animation. I, mm-hmm. I'm i an advocate for 2D animation and animation in general. Um, the story, I, I think I will have to agree. The story was a little weak, but it was... It still had a solid plot and everything. I mean, yeah, okay, Gorilla Grodd made a time machine, and everyone went back to Japan Edo era. Woohoo! That's a good... Good story. What's wrong with that? Yeah, I I think I like the um, I I like that like they're all thrown back into Japan and then all of these you know big Batman villains end up controlling their own territories and have been in sort of a war with each other because Batman gets there later than they all did because of because of time travel and you know he shows up like what they have been there for like two or five years. Yeah, something. It's two two, two years. years. Yeah. yeah, so they had had like two years to establish an empire. So I like that. It, it's when they started getting in. Th- it's when they just started throwing in, like, every anime troupe. Like, the giant robot thing, I was just like, come on. This would have been so much better without that. No, I think I think that was the whole... I think that was the whole ploy of it, which was kind of fun. I thought... I enjoyed it. Yes, it was a little tropey and cliche, yeah, but I I had fun. Well, so, sure. I think, I think that, that uh, general conceit is relatively engaging. I mean, it's fun. You know, you, you see all the different robots come together and they form some giant, absurd, you know, mecha castle. <laughs> and like the, the whole, the whole film, I was like, and you guys remember probably, I was like, how did they produce all yeah. this? Oh, Where yeah. did, where's, where's the manufacturing infrastructure? How did they establish this in, in feudal Japan <laughs> at this, at this scale? I mean, the engineering itself is a, is just incredible. I, I don't know. The only part of it that where, they explained is that Gor- Gorilla Grodd had been like subtly mind controlling them and like giving them the blueprints and like plans in, in a way. But yeah, it's like, yeah, how yeah. did you, even in two years, like... So, so I, this, this is what, what, uh, what uh, I'd like to kind of focus on personally, or, or my justification for why I say the content is about an inch deep, you know, because, because uh, the characters, the established characters, so Batman and Catwoman, Two-Face, Penguin, Joker and Harley, etc., they're all established characters, but there's not a lot of focus given to what that sort of character in that sort of environment might feasibly be able to do. The characters are anything the writers want them to be with no constraints, with basically just a particular coat of paint slapped on them. So, you know, I'm I'm Batman with a feudal Japan coat of paint slapped on me i think it's more egregious with with characters like the joker because you're like well okay so the joker is not only crazy and vicious and driven he's also a tackle tactical master and he can hypnotize himself or at the very least like brainwash himself and harley temporarily as as one of the plot points you know he's he's a 
uh, a skilled fighter in in samurai armor. He's uh, he's he's actually as a foreigner, or you know, any of them as foreigners are able to command all this attention and wield all this power with none of their resources from the future. Like, why why would Penguin become powerful in feudal Japan? He has no money <laughs> and no resources and he looks his whole his whole like character motivation is that he's he's sort of disfigured and okay so maybe he carries like a an umbrella with him from the future that can shoot a bullet or two okay so he kills one or two samurai and then he's executed by one of the feudal lords like that's that's the way that i envision that that story really playing out yeah that's the way that most of them would go Plus, like what you said, like the manufacturing stuff. Where, like, where did he get penguins? Seriously, though. No, the bigger question is, where did all the monkeys come from? Yeah, that was a lot that of was, monkeys. Yeah, that was all like, of the monkeys in Japan. <laughs> s- supporting supporting that many monkeys in that ecosystem <laughs> would just decimate populations of small mammals. The crops I'm, would I'm, be. I'm just gone. saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and and let's let's be let's be be careful to call attention to the most egregious thing, which was farmland in the shape of a bat. I mean, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. clearly that that's that's just not feasible. No, that's you know, like, I mean, like we were saying, like you, we were saying, like how do you till the wingtips? <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, like we were saying with uh, this is the this is the like secret home base of the bat ninja clan, and it's like anybody going by here that sees this village is going to know exactly where you guys are. Like, if it's between that village and two other ones that are close for where your home base could be, I'm going to go with the one that's shaped like a giant bat. Oh, hands. hands. Yeah, they, right? Um, well, and this... I'm, I'm they, kinda, were, they weren't even the highlands or anything. No. Like, you know, secret ninja fortress in the mountains. No, it was just like it had, like, a tree line around it. Well, hold on. <laughs> they were in the mountains. It was nestled away. No, they... They looked down on it from the mountains. Yeah, but it was still high up above the mountains. I mean, you could go higher up. They, they were like, look at this neat bat-shaped village. <laughs> yeah, it did kind of seem like they were just throwing in stuff they thought would be cool. Well, I and had it did, a fun And it doesn't time. have to be... It was fun. I See, the thing with like the giant mech thing with me, though, is that Batman's not a giant mech robot pilot. <laughs> and I feel like when you, when you have and, that being the thing, I don't know, it kind of takes away some of it for me. And let, let let me be really truly mean for a moment. You know, when when we when we see films, if the best we can say in their defense is that it was fun, then it was probably a fairly weak film. Yeah, oh, it, it mostly is a weak film. Yes, but that's exactly how I described the new Justice League movie. I was but, like, it was fun. But my reasoning to back it is to support animation because this is. Let's be honest. This is pretty much a, a lost art now these days. Everything is going CG. I, I think it wasn't in our chat, but in another chat that I was with, um, we were talking about how in Guardians of the Galaxies Volume One, Star Lord had an actual helmet, but when he, you know when it uh, when he turned it on and it it was formed via CGI. But mm-hmm. in some scenes, there was an actual physical helmet where he would open and close it. 
in yeah. Volume 2 and Infinity Wars, they did away with it completely. They just got lazy, and he didn't need to wear a helmet anymore, and it was all CG done. Sure. Well, I, I, I actually agree with you, uh, you know, that I, I think that practical effects are, are great, but I don't know that it's entirely accurate to suggest that animation is a dying art form. I think I mean, it is. You know, to, there's, there's not to, to, many to that, to get, there's not as many, um, well, okay, I, it's, it's slowly going away. It's more going towards the CG not 3D, I should say. It, there's still, you know, but traditional 2D animation, like um, that, that Well, look. you know, I, I think, you know, what we think of as CG animation, I mean, computer-aided animation is, is prevalent even in what we think of as 2D animation, you know, for a framework or, or some character movements. I don't think that it's, it's totally absent from from uh, a lot of content. Now, I mean, that, like a lot of popular animation is being produced on computers, but it's still traditional 2D animation. I mean, it's not 3D models. Like if you think about shows like, I don't know, BoJack Horseman or Rick and Morty. Or Steven Universe, you know, those are, yeah. Yeah, or yeah, Steven Universe is a great example. I don't think I've seen Steven Universe, but I know you're talking about with like BoJack and Rick and Morty. I don't know. I, I guess when I'm thinking of CG, I'm thinking of kind of what they did um, with this movie or with um, what, what's the Netflix one like Knights of Sidonia Sidonia like that yeah. that no, style I, I don't like that style I agree with you I think that looks clunky yeah. though real, real quick before we get too far away from it I just want to mention that I was uh, watching a, a little bit of a retrospective or like clips from from the films preceding Infinity mm-hmm. War and and uh, I, I watched a, a clip out of Civil War and in Civil War, they have scenes with uh, Tony, well, I should say Robert Downey Jr. in a actual, true, like a physical, real suit. Yeah. And and it looked so much better than it did in a lot of the new film. I think as they moved Tony away from having like real mechanical weight and like a mechanical process to putting on his suit it's it's become less it's become not less engaging but like it's uh there's sort of a detachment from reality with that though i i saw the film again and i did notice that in scenes like after he had been stabbed by thanos spoiler of course (laughs) maybe a little bit don't want yeah a little bit spoiler for that and uh the last podcast yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe a little bit late on that, but but um, in any case, after uh, after he had been stabbed, his suit I originally thought like the partial suit was was uh, CG, but it's not. It's it's actually a physical suit. But for the majority of of uh, him being on screen in this new film, he is in a wholly CGI yeah. suit. I think most most egregious is when it's you know. Him in a fully CGI suit talking to the very physical Doctor Strange, and the and then also Peter Parker, who is a head in a CGI suit, uh, all of them inside a fully CGI environment, which is, you know, I mean, we're just kind of used to it by now, but it just it still doesn't. And the feel funny thing is, great. Doctor Strange is the only one in full costume. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, that's true too. <laughs> no, there was a there was a TV um, interview. I think uh, Josh Brolin and Ryan Reynolds were report uh, interviewing for Deadpool two, and uh, Mr. Brolin was saying, "Yes, like yeah, you can see when 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 Ryan Reynolds puts on the the, the costume, you can actually see he's working out." Uh, when I was with the Avengers, uh, you you could tell they weren't. I'm like, wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> so That's... it's it's almost like that. I mean, when they put on the costumes and such, yeah, you kind they kind of beefed it up and stuff. But it kind of makes me think that they're are they really becoming a little lazy? I don't know. Like like on the actors' I mean, behalf, like so that they don't really have to. I, I don't think it's or? laziness so much as it is scale. You know, it's like when when you have such a massive production scale as these films do, they, they have to stop and say, hey, you know what? Do we actually have the time and the resources to film these these uh, these particular scenes uh, okay. in a r- real I'll, I'll tangible way? I'll back that up way? with uh, Lord of the Rings, the first tri- the first trilogy. Peter Jackson put a lot of effort, and Weta Weta uh, works put a lot of effort into the practical effects of you know outfitting a lot of people to make it look legit. Well, that's true, but but they had that was like the whole intent of the production. So the the production said, "How are we going to create this world?" And the answer was a lot of really in-depth costuming and set building. Yeah, and that's what and made it location like, scouting. wow. It, 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 it was believable. Everything that you saw, the majority on scene was, it was, you could tell. Well, it's a finances game. I mean, what purpose does, does Marvel Studios have to make a sort of gritty, sort of earthy film with practical effects when they can make a glossy big budget CD or excuse me CG workshop sort of Activision film that that people will (laughs) go and see because I mean I is is there literally any way that you would have not seen that film in the theater not at all I don't know I I I agree with the CG with the Iron Man suit especially when he first put it on but then part of me is like that's also their version of the bleeding edge armor and it that suit to me makes more sense to be CG. Oh, true. Yeah. Than to be yeah. real. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. The nanotech. Yeah. That makes it makes a lot more yeah. sense. Yeah. It, oh, it yeah, makes it sense. And it works with kind of how the suit works too. But there were certain parts, especially like when he first transformed and he's out in you know in broad daylight in the suit. There were certain parts where you could see sort of where like the gray and the the gold or yellow colors where they would meet it was kind of grainy or kind of just weird looking to me. Like I, uh-huh. I, I, I like the original look of the suits more w- with them actually having, you know, him being in an actual suit, but I don't know with, with that one. It is weird because it's like, it, it doesn't make sense with the, what the suit is as much. Sure. No, I, I think you're right. I think especially like in transformation scenes when you when you see like uh, Tony's final desperate stand against Thanos mm-hmm. and he's he's uh, you know like hitting him with the hammer legs or whatever else, you, you can't really do that in in practical effects effectively without it like literally looking clunky. So, yeah, and that's kind of like we're we're on the border. I can see we're on the edge right now 
of okay. But when but when you have like like uh like headshots of people in things, then then you're so much better served by by practical suits. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, see, I thought that some of the ones where they had Tony, where you're saying in a CG, like a head in a CG suit, some of those I think they actually had him in maybe just a, in like a a very scaled down suit where it was like the shots where it was just his head and coming out of the suit a little bit. I think that was a real suit, quote on air quotes, like a real, the, uh, an actual neckline like or like top part of a suit that you would see in the shot. I, I that's what it looked sure. like to me because the way that like yeah, the that, way that, that like the. <laughs> the fat of his neck, the the way that like his neck would kind of hit it and and move a little bit, <laughs> like I I think that I think sure. that was real, but they definitely they really CG'd him in this one or in that one a lot more. But well, no, I was going back like there, there's there's a point where like if you do a Marvel animation movie. You're going to put, you know, like a fight with, between Thanos and Doctor Strange. You can do a lot more with animation um, than with, in a movie with live action. I mean, yeah. don't, get, don't get me wrong well, that it actually was really well done. You know, him, you know, going into creating clones of him and then uh, tying him down with the, the red... The, the whips and then the, the, like, the butterflies made of jade. Yeah, I thought that were. was really good, but I mean... Animation well, wise, you sure. can do a lot more. You can be extremely creative, and and actually, so to anybody listening who is maybe a film fan and not already seen every frame of painting, uh, go and watch that. It's a YouTube series uh, created by a Canadian editor named Tony Zhao, and uh, Tony does a phenomenal job talking about a wide range of different films and techniques. And uh, one of the ones that he uh, talks about is uh, is about uh, Satoshi Kon, who's a famous Japanese animator, and uh, like uh, Tokyo Godfathers or Millennium Actress, which is one of my favorite animated films. Um, he did uh, what is it? Psychopaths? Do you, do you know Andrew the the animated series? Psychopaths. Um... No, it's not Psychopaths. That's the wrong title. It's it's uh, some, something else. Are you talking Psychopaths ga- is? Are you thinking that that's not an actual show or? No, no I just don't think the that's the name. Show, no. no, it's it's not the the name of the one that I'm thinking of. Are you um, talking about Perfect but, Blue? No, 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 no. He did. You're right. He did do Perfect Blue, and he did uh, Paprika, but but no, he did he did in in anime. A series. What was specifically? What was the like plot of it? Uh, oh, it's it's a weird one. I'll, I'll look it up. It's not okay. a big deal, but I, I I don't want to get too far away from the point, which is just that that uh, what he talks about is um, and, and obviously much better than I'm going to be able to in in this context. But he talks about the power of animation to display either emotions or scenes quick cuts that you can't do in real and in real life live action that uh that that you have the opportunity to do so like the example in in his his work is that there's this really neat quick cut in millennium actress where uh, these two tv guys it's a it's like a tv reporter i think and then the cameraman uh they they're going up to interview 
the reporters, one of his favorite actresses, an actress who is retired, who was in like a particular wave of, of, of Japanese cinema when it was kind of getting on its feet. Um, and they go up to see her and he throws a camera bag at, at the assistant. And it's kind of a funny cut because it hits him in the face. But like the, the, the shot of it being thrown and then hitting him in, fa- in the face and then that, that reaction shot is about three seconds. And there's, there's not enough time to communicate that or like rather you can't communicate that same action in that same amount of time if you were filming live action uh, because you would have to have some additional reaction but it, it works in animation yeah yeah and, and I mean the our original our original point in this was that the <laughs> that the that and that traditional like the 2d animation leaves you like you know so many different areas that you can't go to like you're saying they're in normal and or in um, live action or in CG animation. No, I, I think and that's I think that's why it, that's the part I didn't like about this about the, whole, the Batman oh, movie. Guy, hold on, guys. It's Paranoia Agent. Oh, that's what the name of the yeah. That's the name of the the anime. Yeah, that's very different from Psychopaths. No, you have you have a yes. point. Yes, yeah, super <laughs> I ha- different. I have seen that. I actually have seen that uh, every frame of painting. Um, and and he does make a very valid point. You do as well. Um, with animation, you have l- pretty much total control of how you frame it, how you edit it, etc. With a character um, reaction, reaction with live action, you have to rely on the film rolling and getting the uh, actors to react with the environment. So there's there's not you you still have some control, but with animation you have pretty much a hundred percent. I mean I think they both absolutely have their strengths. Oh yeah yeah both know, and, strengths and weaknesses for sure. But yeah, anyway. And uh, but I'm I guess on my soapbox so, of animation. Sorry. <laughs> I mean animation is great. I I love animation. Animation is fundamental to who I am as a person. I I, I mean I'm I'm willing to go as far as to say that. <laughs> You're animated, but, but <laughs> try to live my life in an I, animated way. <laughs> but anyway, so going back, uh, we we digressed way <laughs> from Batman Ninja, <laughs> from the CG use, the three D <laughs> CG use of Batman Ninja to tearing apart the CG use in Avengers: Infinity War. But anyway, um, <laughs> couldn't get enough of it last week. Well, surprise, <laughs> we're doing Avengers again. The, the character design of Batman Ninja was good. I like Batman original costume was alright, but then his ninja and samurai costume was really, really cool. I like that. Yeah. That was. Sure. I thought all the character designs were good, even even like Harley Quinn and uh Catwoman who were heavily stylized for Japanese audiences. Oh, all three. Poison <laughs> Ivy Oh Poison well, Okay, yeah, let's Poison Ivy. Forget Poison Ivy. Let, let's I mean let's be honest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, American comics have never shied away from bustiness oh, no, as, a, no, as a no. But like card, when you get so. to that side, like when you go to like anime side of it, it's a whole other level. I mean, the clothing is anime is, is, at the is a little much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Her shirt was I, too I just, small. <laughs> I, I, what I'd like to to call attention to as well. Uh, not quite as glaring as the bat shaped field, but but uh, equally equally bad is that uh, Catwoman wears a bell. 
Oh, it's, yeah. It's sort of counter to her whole nay, nay. her whole nay, modus nay, operandi. Nay, nay. Like, yeah. Nay, nay. No, that was that was that was a weird pick for uh, for a costume. What? My okay. What, I'm, whoa, whoa, I'm, whoa, whoa! Hold on. Why? Because the, it fits. The bell. Yes, it fits. Oh no! It totally fits the idea of a cat, yeah. but not a cat burglar. It, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like they've they've taken. They're like Catwoman. Hmm. What does that mean? Okay, she she's dressed like a cat. Perfect. We're gonna go with that route. They they kind of they they. She's like she's a cat burglar, who just happens to also have a cat thing going on yeah but you could say it doesn't have the the little round bell in there (laughs) yeah i suppose but then it's it's like just a irritating like you you know you go to scratch your chin and like get your finger caught in a bell you know that's i never know maybe she's hiding maybe she stashes uh things in there i don't know the, okay, so the thing I've, I've got to jump to like the very ending of the movie for my one of my biggest things, but so they go like you know they, he eventually rounds up all the villains and goes back to the the present day and that just clears everything up and they take the Met Castle with them, which is good, but all of that manufacturing infrastructure he just ignored. I was like, you've you've done terrible damage to the to the natural timeline if you leave. All of that stuff in Japan, like, like, is, like, I go back. That's a well, good point. Okay, so like he just ignored that, and and like you get, and like you said, how are you manufacturing these? Well, you're probably having like forced labor or something, and you're ha- you're gonna have to teach these people how to do this at some point, right? No, I'm you let I, like, I, how do you clear that up? I'm wondering so, if so that we don't have to worry about it because there is no there is no manufacturing infrastructure Apparently because not. they don't care no, because it, it's it's just plot for plot's sake. I'm wondering <laughs> if that has changed anything on uh, the Japanese national uh, nation time wise. I wonder it if ha- they, oh, okay, so yes, they've seen the mix. So when we go to present, Japan should be like by far the most industrialized Country Japan, yeah, Japan world. should be like you know, Japan should be like running the world at this point. This is like <laughs> you just this is like you pop into Germany during during World War Two and give them like cell phones and like other just ri- <laughs> other just like tech way ahead of their time. Like it, I don't know. It, that part to me was was kind of weird, but it's like there's clearly not going to be a number two of these. So I guess well, it doesn't really here's, matter. Here's the th- well, why 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 make a number two when it was already number two? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, this whole movie was our number two. But um, ouch! It wasn't it wasn't that bad. It was fun, and it was it was a lot. Of, I I don't know. I think my hopes were pretty high for this because it's like it's DC animation, which is I I usually really enjoy. It was okay, Batman, hold- who's way high up there on my list, and it's I- also anime, and I love anime, so I was like, this is this is going to be great. IGN gave it a 9.5, 9.6. That is completely ridiculous. I- IGN is lost in Yeah, that is a completely ridiculous rating. I, d- I don't, I, I think they're going I, I in think off they're- of, uh, no, I'm just, I'm just trying to defend their, <laughs> their 9.5. <laughs> I think somebody there is invested some way in this movie. <laughs> So I think they probably gave it that because I think they're going based off the animation because uh, Sandal, like you said, Warner Brothers animation movies, the Batman animation movies, they are barnum 
standard. They set the standard for animation. Uh, like com- yeah, comic yeah, book comic animation. book animation yes. stuff. They are yeah, they're great. It doesn't even touch Marvel's but, movies. I mean, they're good, but uh, no, not not even close. I would still put what? like movies like the Flashpoint Paradox at, at like top of my list for for like animated movies. Oh, it's good. Like way I, up there. I would not because Flashpoint everybody looks like they spend every waking hour not on screen in the gym. <laughs> I mean, they, yeah. Like they have the, their lats are insane. <laughs> they have necks like tree trunks. I just I couldn't I couldn't get into it. I, I looked at every character as like you look like Arnold Schwarzenegger from the nineteen seventies. Robin, Robin like, did you hit the gym today? No. No he didn't. <laughs> Robin, you you got to you got to do your exercises. Don't skip leg day. <laughs> Shut up, Batman, I'll get to it when I want to. No, it was I don't know. That movie to me is like I was hoping for something more on that level, I guess. Well, I, oh, I think that uh, the I think the reviewer at uh, IGN uh, put out his uh, his Catwoman figurine, <laughs> put down a line of cocaine on her back, and then snorted <laughs> it before watching the film, because uh, he he must have been either high or like really into Batman or both to give that that film a nine point six or yeah, whatever. No, I I don't think it anywhere it near. It even gets close to a nine point six. the The one thing, okay, I will say this: though, the one, the one scene that really did, I think, it had the story, it drew me in, and the art style was completely there. Was the scene with uh, Red Hood and Joker, and Harley? Oh yeah, that was fantastic. Oh, for sure, best part yeah. of the film by far. Just because it was like art- artistically, st- it was like really interesting stylistically. Yeah. Uh, it looked really good. Um, it it actually like imagine how good a film could be if that was actually like a core plot point that did not last all of five minutes because they introduce it and then they turn it on its head within the five minutes that the scene runs. Yeah. So you know they you have Harley and Joker who are you know farmers and, and tending the land and they've abandoned their identities and then it's immediately revealed that it's all a ploy. And so, yeah, no, I think that if that had managed, like, like think about how cool it would be to watch a Batman film where Batman shows up in the past. He has none of this technology, so he has no way to, to communicate. He has to adapt to the times. So we get to see Batman as a true, like, just a true personification of all of these ideals that we have, you know, resourcefulness and bravery and willingness to learn, you know, because that, that I think are, those are really good identifiers for Batman, but, but like he, he's in a totally foreign society. He doesn't speak the language. Maybe he, he knows that, that uh, these people he knows who are really dangerous in his time are in the world somewhere, but he doesn't know where, you know, there's no like giant Met castle flagging him down from the distance. You know, maybe maybe he does. He says, you know, Red Hood. Red Hood is a you know a Ronin, and he he wanders around and he he finds the Joker, and then he sends word, and and Batman has to ride down on horse for two days, you know, to get to to this this shack, and then there's some sort of emotional conflict and and point of contention there, and then maybe we don't even see the Joker again for the majority of the film until it's revealed sure maybe yeah there is you know this the same plot twist where he he uh 
something snaps him back, or maybe it's tragic. Like maybe he he did want to forget. Maybe he he something happens and he does forget, and he's actually happy. And and Batman sees this and is conflicted, but but makes the choice to to let him be, and then ha- ends up regretting that choice or having to take action because of that choice. Uh, you know, so I, I, there's so many interesting opportunities, but. You know, when we have to write plot lines for characters or plot lines for films, when people, when the people who produce the film leave it up to fans to fill in the gaps to make a more cohesive story, then then we're not getting the story that maybe not that we deserve, but the story that we need right now. <laughs> really? Did you just? No, do I, that? I, I don't you know. Did, did you? I, you just casually I threw did. that in there, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I, uh, I am serious. It's not like, the story you know, that we're looking for, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the one that we're getting. No, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think the the animation style of that Red Hood scene. That's it for us, and, folks. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you guys later. No, I agree. If the whole movie had been done, da, 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 da. If the whole movie had been done like that with that animation and that sort of feel, because. That was a that was a legitimately dark moment in that in in this and it was just kind of tossing because everything else is like big mechs and we're you know it was it it didn't have that like darker feeling to it through most of it and then in that scene you're like oh my god he's about to really kill them and it and it's we're trying to get away I uh, I think. Warner Brothers trying to get away from that grittiness. I mean, they've already yeah, done but that's it. what I that's what I like though about them. At least three well, times, it, it, right? You, you don't you don't need the grittiness necessarily as as you do the emotional resonance. That's the only emotionally resonant part of that film because there are actual stakes. Yeah, the rest of it is you know like how do armored monkeys form a cohesive oh, God. like Batman figurine? You know to to fight. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. Where did the bats come from? How did they completely change well, the can... structure of this monkey thing? Like, Well, see, to make one, you have to play the Batman theme on a flute, pan flute. And that... <laughs> no, no, you have oh, to yeah, have your trained right. monkey. Oh, that's right. And, who, who's and... recently discovered his girlfriend. Yes, and Do it together. Yep. Do, 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 do. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> monkey Chi! Oh, what what, yeah, what whatever right. they did. We we said we liked the character designs. Whatever they did to poor Robin, though, <laughs> <laughs> was so bad. See, you know, I I think one of the issues that's it's it comes back to like just slapping a a Nightwing or Robin coat of paint on a like a period character. Yeah. Uh, you know, like if if they had had Robin or if they had had Nightwing or any of these characters in. Uh, period garb but with accented in a way that identifies them as their characters i would have found that much more engaging than the way that it was done so like you know when people will go in like fans will go in and do art of a particular character in a particular time period Mm -hmm. where they just dress them thematically or, or like not thematically but like they they dress them in period appropriate garb in the art but then they just style it in a way like maybe it's got the same color palette, you know, as as the the costume. I would love that. I mean, how cool would it have been to like have have a uh, a ninja version of of uh, Nightwing 
but just in dark blue garb. Like, that would be really cool. I think. Like an actual ninja suit, but with the Nightwing colors? Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, that part to me, it kind of makes sense because they came over with their suits. But they were all there for two years also. So you don't know what has happened in those two years to potentially, you know, warrant the destruction of those suits and having to make repairs and mends to them and then in, eventually ending up looking like, at, you know, the actual um, suits or attire of that period. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes it comes back to the problem of being transported back with all of your technology. I mean, Batman literally has the, the true blue Batmobile. Yeah, that was yeah. Why? Which let me say is was ridiculous because it was the Batmobile. Oh no! Wait, it's been destroyed. It's the Batplane. Oh wait, no, it's been destroyed. It's the Batbike. Oh wait, no, it's been destroyed. It's the Batmech suit. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that was. This was a very like uh, like heavily heavily tech reliant Batman. <laughs> heavily. Wait, aren't they most most. He he mostly is, but he's still always got like that ingenuity of like when the when the tech has or something has failed him, like he's still Batman. Yeah. Okay. And in this one, they specifically what? called. I was like, ah, I was too reliant on my technology. What can I? He's like, what could I possibly do here without the Batmobile? It's like you're Batman. Yeah. Figure so, it out. So my my all time favorite Batman comic and story bottom line is Batman Year One. I think that is the best incarnation of batman that exists uh, by frank miller yes by frank and miller Arneo so Manarizzi, i think so the artist yeah i don't I, I don't know the artist off the top of my head I'm, I'm glad you do because because i also think that that art style and the lettering oh man i i love the like the different lettering for for jim gordon and uh for bruce and i, I think the art is great it's sort of like it's got this like real kind of grungy like New York in the 70s, 60s, 70s sort of feel to it. Uh, you know, all the characters feel really grounded yeah. and not in a way that's cuz there's a difference between being grounded and being gritty. Because, you know, like like you could have the sort of grim dark gritty Batman versus Superman live action film aesthetic or you could have the the sort of uh earthier you know, down in in the city, hard living people sort of feel like you get in Batman Year One, or even like if we think about live action, I think that that uh, more or less uh, Batman Begins hits on the, some of those notes when Batman is in the city as well. Are you talking about like when he's transitioning to becoming so, Batman and he's kind of okay, yeah, yeah, so or well. It, or even that too that's actually I wasn't thinking of like the prison stuff but like that's great yeah. too so like the the scenes of him in prison like really you know I mean he's, it's literally he's like down in the mud he's he's fighting you know a bunch a bunch of prisoners he's in a prison it's all very physical very real sort of place you know it, it's it's grounded uh, grounded is is really just the best way to to say it cuz you know when when you're flying through some big CGI scene you know that that that's a for better or for worse lets you communicate something but it does take you out of the the real world which is where i love my batman and where i love a lot of you know television my, my batman is well. in the real world <laughs> <laughs> it, sorry it was uh david david Mazzicelli. that's who the artist was 
good okay. art. Good, good art. He did a lot of good stuff. But anyway, so final review: five, five out of five. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> five out of seven. Perfect yeah. score. <laughs> No, I think I'm going to stick with what I had. I think it was a seven, seven and a half out of ten. Yeah. Okay. I'm st- yep, six, six I'm, point five for yeah, us, I'm st- I think. Oh, well, well, thanks for voting for me, Joel. <laughs> Let me just subscribe this uh, YouTube channel for you. <laughs> hey, baby, let me order for you. <laughs> so Joel was over at uh, my house this weekend, and he uh, showed so us a YouTube channel. And I was like, oh, that looks interesting. He just instantly fucking subscribes me to it. <laughs> like, I don't know if I want to see notifications about this, Joel. <laughs> hey, I didn't click that bell icon, so you, you won't get any oh, notifications. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <It was> don't <laughs> you worry, sweetie. <laughs> Thanks. Uh... Thanks for looking out for me. Yeah, no, I'm sticking with mine. <laughs> he is right. It's still 6.5. Like, it was fun, and it's Batman, and it's, you know, it, it's set in a... But in but, an anime on. setting, which I like, but it does it does set the animation bar though. It does, I think. I I think for all of the parts that weren't the three D CG stuff, yes, like the back the, the work yes. of the backdrops with it, um, the Red Hood scene, all of that was, yeah, the, that was the fantastic. montage. The training montage was good. The training montage made me feel like I was in a video game for about three seconds, like I was in a side scroller. <laughs> Like opening yeah, title or yeah. something, or like <laughs> that. That art was pretty good. Too. It was the, good. Uh, the like traditional panel yeah. art, yeah, like the silk panel art. Yeah, that was that was cool. Yeah. All right, so um, that's Batman Ninja. Uh, up next is Deadpool. Dose. Are we are we doing an opening? Uh, oh, opening. Oh, Deadpool two. Sorry. Oh, did 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 you did you do the Spanish because. Uh, because of the intro Spanish that Deadpool uses, or is that just a happy it was coincidence? It's just a happy coincidence. But yeah, he he does oh. a lot of uh, chimichangas. Surprisingly, there were no chimichangas in this, was there? I don't think so. Yeah, no. Like, was there an actual chimichanga? I, like, did he? Yeah, eat I, was one? Say, no. I wasn't paying that close attention. They were pop tarts. I do not though. think no, he. They were. Uh, those were. He. Uh, no, those are toaster. To- yeah. Toaster. Very yes. different. Yes. Yeah. Let's take a step back here for a moment. Toaster strudel are not pop tarts. They yes. are a much higher they form. Correction. Correction. <laughs> yeah. They 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 are our pop tarts ascended. Ascended. <laughs> but anyway, I thought Deadpool two had a lot more emotional impact than the first one. Yeah, it definitely did. Well, I feel well, like it still had, true, like, that one segment of it where you had, like, the real heavy emotional impact. And then... Well, I know, uh, I guess... No, you had more I emotional impact with him dealing with the kid. I and think kinda overall... Go, to, overall, it was, it was a lot more emotional. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. It, d- that, it, didn't, it didn't detract from it being a... It was a great movie. I, I had an amazing, fun time in it. Well, let's let's actually take it <laughs> right after a we said like yeah. If we have, all we can say is it's fun. <laughs> no, no. So I, I actually I think that's a good comparison between the two because not only I, like there's a lot of good laughs in that film, but there was a lot of emotional resonance, and I think that's what elevates the film before you know above a bunch of like dick jokes to being something that is is uh, 
is more worth watching. Mm-hmm. So like if if you if we had to go back and watch a Deadpool right now, I would watch Deadpool. Oh too. yeah, a hundred percent. But but do you guys want to want to give out a rating before we actually talk about the plot at all? Sure, but, I'll get. Yes, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it a solid eight. I'm gonna give it a nine. <gasps> wow, I had a, I thought yeah, it was I, great. I, I thought it was really solid too. I, I I'd say an eight point five for me. I don't know that it was quite nine scale for me. Like nine, nine point five, ten for me are like landmark pieces of cinema. But oh, uh, okay. But La La Land is that, that a landmark? <laughs> I I do not think I would uh, give La La Land that. I had a gr- I though I let me say I had a wonderful time at La no, La Land. No, it was Land. boring. I, and I, sorry, I didn't like it. You didn't no, like it no. at all? Okay. Well, fair <laughs> enough. I think. I think with La La Land, so I like so, how we're uh, comparing one... this to Deadpool. Yeah, no, no. no. What, what, so, what could so... we compare Deadpool two to the best? Probably La La Land. <laughs> so, so no, this is perfect. I think this sort of segue is exactly the sort of thing that Wade Wilson would do. I mean, he was talking about Yentl more than one time in in the course. And thank of, you. I'm of, glad uh, he brought this up. I know I'm I'm saying I'm beating into you, but I completely hundred percent agree. That Frozen stole those same beats <laughs> from oh from Papa. Oh yes, yeah, hundred percent. I can't believe it. I'm finally just like yes, he finally understands. I I, I you know I had never stopped to consider that because I have seen Yentl. I mean years ago, but but it does. It sounds very Papa, very. Can close. you hear me? Can you make a snowman? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> can you really? Make- do you want to make, make? Can a you make snowman? a snowman? Yes, seriously, it's like the same thing. No, it's it's definitely it's it's. Do you want to build a? Oh snowman? no, I know yeah. the lyrics. I'm just I'm just poking fun at it. Do you, <laughs> Colin? We need to pause this and make uh, quick quick quiz him on frozen knowledge. <laughs> we'll see if he's a <laughs> see if he's a fake. <laughs> Anna or Elsa? Quick quick quick. Um. She has a pretty good voice too. She really belted it in that uh, in her song. Who? Who? Whoever plays Elsa, isn't that Anna something or other? And a- Anna is is played by uh, uh, Kirsten. No, not Kirsten uh, Dunst. Not Kirsten. No. Um, Kirsten no, Dunst. No, it's Bell. Not it's Kirsten Bell. Dunst. Uh, it's uh, Kristen yeah. Bell. I said Kirsten, but it's Kristen Bell. And then um, it's... Uh, Anna Kendrick, isn't it? No? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's Idris... I was going to say I- Idris Elba. Idris Elba is, Idris Elba is, is Elsa. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, oh, crap. Um, oh, my God. I can't believe I'm blanking on it. I just had it. Starts with it's, an uh, I. Indina Menzel. Yeah, it is. Yeah, or, I just looked or, it up. Or... Uh, what did John Travolta call her at the Oscars? <laughs> I don't know, but I, I've like, heard that he's getting very creepy in his older age. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's it, it was so funny. I'll look it up. Uh, what what he called her, but it was like totally wrong. It was not even close to her. No, actual it wasn't. Name. It was funny. But anyway, um, the spoilers, of course. Um, the the whole. I like how you called it. Um, who is in the uh, maximum security prison? Oh yeah, Joel. Joel uh, 
went over and he's like, I bet you, I bet you it's, it's the juggernaut. <laughs> I'm like, yep, <laughs> he's right. <laughs> I love this design of the juggernaut too. <laughs> okay. Okay. Guys, he calls, he calls, he calls, uh, Adina Menzel, uh, Adele Dazim. <laughs> Oh my That's God. like when you've met that person like five or ten times and you don't remember their name and you just shoot for the closest thing. Oh my goodness. Uh. Yes, I, I do agree that the Juggernaut in this movie was was good. I like the whole metal uh, helmet. The metal helmet he had actually had way more detail. Like, did you notice the part where it was kind of coming back down the spine a little bit? Yeah, yeah, that was that, that was, was a nice really touch. cool. Yeah, yeah. That was a nice touch. Yeah, you know, it's funny actually because I think that as, as uh, goofy as the film is, like they, they're doing a good job. Like I, I, I think that uh, the designs they've got like the real true blue, yellow and black X Men suits on people, you know, which I love personally. Were they blue? And I thought they were black and yellow. No, I I said black, didn't I? Oh, Did I say oh, blue? you I said have... true blue. You're, sorry. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. my mistake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so I thought that looked great. I, I like the design they've got going for Colossus. I think he's he's great. Oh um, yeah. A lot a lot better than like the original X Men. I mean, he didn't look bad in the original X Men X Two when he he's makes a brief appearance, but he he basically looked like kind of the the jock from high school who could also turn into metal. <laughs> But, um, you know, I, this is all well and good, but I do want to get back to the most important part of, of uh, this, this conversation, which is my thoughts on La La Land. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, no. <laughs> Just okay. so we're clear, I have not seen La La Land. So okay, go ahead. So, so La La Land, for anybody who hasn't seen it, stars uh, Ryan Gosling, which is kind of like a joke between uh, Ryan Gosling and Ryan They're Reynolds because they... And they both look a little similar. And one's, uh, one's and West so, Coast Canada, the one other one's East Coast. <laughs> but um, but in any case, so it's it's uh, it's uh, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, and they play two characters. Ryan's character is a jazz musician who just doesn't really get along with anybody. He he won't conform to the system. He won't play those bland holiday tunes. And uh, J. Jonah Jameson fires him. I'm sorry. We're yeah. talking about Deadpool, and then here we are talking in a synopsis about La La Land. <laughs> this is where podcasts go sometimes. I, I, I'm, I'm waiting for this punchline. I'm waiting for it. I'm, I'm going to hold my tongue. Okay. So, so uh, but anyway, uh, and then Emma Stone is, is a actress who just can't catch her break. And the film itself, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from, Holland, where you're saying, you know, it's it was, you maybe found it boring or you didn't quite enjoy it. I thought that the two leads were pretty charismatic. I enjoyed the film. I liked the musical numbers and the sort of fantasy sequences. Uh, but but uh, my, my main point is, is just the takeaway for me, as much as I enjoyed that film, when I saw it the second time, I focused a little bit more on the actual craft. And I started to feel like this was a film meant to ape the feeling that you got watching movies of the, you know, music, movie musicals from the, you know, like the 1950s, for example. 
it, it was meant to to have you feel the same way without producing a movie that was the same caliber as those movies. So like the dancing wasn't always was wasn't always perfect. You know the characters are very very they're like bright splashy colors, but just like the the movie itself focuses on bright splashy colors, these are like very very block color characters. So they have very very defined goals and visions and there's not a whole lot of nuance like you know at the end of the story it's basically that uh, Ryan Ryan's character goes off and forms a jazz club and he's finally successful and uh, Emma's character goes and is is finally successful and they both achieve their dreams but to achieve their dreams they can't, they they can't be together and I don't think that's entirely accurate to reality but not if your dream is to be an one person's dream is to be an actress the other one's is to run a jazz club i feel like those two go hand in hand fairly well maybe well, sure yeah i mean i mean you know and if you were to watch the film you would kind of see the way the the conflict i'm sure they give it yeah like, more of a i mean he 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 ends up like kind of like quote unquote selling out and and he joins john legend's band he's not actually john legend in the film but um oh, I thought but he, he, he joins no, he's like some other guy, but I, I like know, not know. John. Le- he's he's John John Legend, but not John Legend, <laughs> and uh, and so he he joins the band, and that's like selling out, and he's like really moody about it, and he has no right to be. And I think even a lot of jazz musicians, there there was like a bunch of not controversy, but some of the criticism around the phone were like, you know, he's here's here's some some moody white guy explaining jazz to some other you know, white girl. And that's, I don't know, you know, I, that part of it, I don't, I don't really, I don't really, I didn't pay enough attention to, to, to really have much of an opinion on that. But, uh, the, the whole thing, I did read an opinion from a, a jazz musician who said, you know, jazz musicians love the opportunity to inject like the, the principles of jazz, like the, like the, the skill set of jazz into other music you know, to expose jazz to a wider audience. It's not like, you know, this guy's in some sort of jazz fusion band and he's like, you know, super sour about it because it's not being true to his like pure vision of what jazz should be. And most real jazz musicians would love the opportunity to be, you know, big and popular and have the opportunity to inject jazz into the mainstream. Yeah. I'm not I I have zero opinions on jazz. <laughs> or or any it if no I I don't know it, jazz uh, is just like all right whatever a, they want to do or or where jazz is currently at I'm a I'm a big jazz person I like are jazz. you yeah I know an odd amount of people that like jazz I like jazz oh my god I'm surrounded I I mean it's I'm I'm not uh, sort of an improvisational jazz fan. Um, which is what's one of the things they're talking about in the film, how it's like, you know, one 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 player plays something and then he throws it to the next player and the player puts his the next player, like the piano player puts his spin on it and then he throws it back and the sax guy does his thing and then they all come back as a group and, and you know, they have that more cohesive sound. And that's all cool, that's that's great. But I, I tend to prefer music with a little little more structure to it. You know, I, I like big band jazz and you know, like New Orleans style jazz. You know the uh, I like styles jazz singing. Yeah, there's a whole Fuck. bunch. Sure. Yeah, there's there's a lot of styles to to music. Sandal, you philistine. Apparently, yeah. So anyway, um, 
Deadpool 2. Uh, good movie. Um, a lot of happening. Emotional. Very different from La La Land. Slightly. <laughs> there was no jazz. Maybe, actually, I don't know. Maybe there was. It played in the background a little bit. I wish... I wish I had I'd done a better job tying those two things together, but but I I am happy that now both of you and our dozens and dozens of listeners uh, are are familiar with my opinions, very loose opinions. I on, uh, I on now know more about jazz than I ever wanted to know. Oh, learned, you learned something new, <laughs> and I know a slight synopsis of La La Land as well. I I think uh, so. Fire Fist, um, the little kid. Oh. Can we, can we, okay, Joel, you had to have caught that, right? When he said what his name was, when he called himself Fire Fist, I was like, okay, it's Ace, right? Oh, no, I, I didn't actually, what? but, but, uh, wait, way to fly that nerd badge. Yeah, high sorry, there, so. I was like, Fire Fist was like, ah, he can your Ace. You weeb. <laughs> but I thought, I thought he did a really good job, uh, the actor. He did, uh. It was good. Oh yeah, he's oh, he's, he was, he's great yeah. in, good emotion, in Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, good uh good laughs too. He was he was great in Roxanne. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in Roxanne? <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> for the for, for like a second until they said boy, I was like, I can't tell if that's just like a short haired <laughs> fat girl. <laughs> Oh man! Rude. I know. He was. Oops, I he was, was really good though, playing like. I think the moody, th- moody kind of angsty teenage. But kid. I think I think who really stole the show? Julian Dennison. Was, Julian Dennison is that actor's name. He's a he's a Kiwi. Yeah, he, he's from. Uh, he's from uh, New, New Zealand. Zealand. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and uh, definitely check him out and hunt for the wilder people. I recommend it to both of you. Actually, if you haven't seen it, I think it's on Amazon, available there. Directed by uh, Taika Waititi, who directed Thor Ragnarok. Yep. Oh, okay. I I just recently linked my Amazon account to my PlayStation, so I may actually do that. Thanks. Well, there you yeah. go. Now, now everyone knows. And now, word from <laughs> our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by <laughs> <Yeah>. Amazon Prime. <laughs> Um, no, sorry. What were you? What were? What were you saying about? For five easy kid? payments, you can order Amazon Prime products with Amazon Echo. Yeah, use this five easy payments of what? What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know where you've been buying from, but it we is are going to lose Amazon. our sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, spreading misinformation about Amazon. I think. I think it, it's a tie-up for me, but who? For, um, the secondary character that kind of stole the show was either Colossus, Cable. Cable was the uh, almost there, but I think um, uh, what was her name? Domino. Yes, Domino. Oh, Domino was great. I think that was really well done, and and I I'm surprised they never did actually because we know she is she she is a mutant. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and. Well, and the thing is, though, they never, they never actually, you know, specifically gave in the movie, per se, what her power was. It's, it's, it's luck. It's, yeah, she said, she's, were you asleep during the introduction? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, they, I, I know they say it. But there's there's like, a, there's like a whole three minute scene where they argue back and forth. Whether it's like, a superpower uh, or not. No, it's not. Yeah. 
Let me stop you there. Yes, it is. Um, okay, sure. Yeah, I'll play along. Well, are you saying, like, in the comics, is, does she have, like, a more flushed out explanation yeah. of her power? Oh, okay. yeah. But anyway. Well, she also looks different. She actually looks like a Dalmatian. Well. Oh, really? They, that, that design has been tossed back and forth, but, yeah, that's, like, a main, one of the main, yeah, designs. Okay. Or, yeah. I, I like I like her uh, her uh, design in in this movie. No, I, I like it too. The little, little little birthmark there. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked when we first saw her, and I was like, oh, that's the uh, that's Ern's wife or Ern's girlfriend from uh, Atlanta, and I like that a lot because. <laughs> oh yeah. Here, here's my random show shout out. If you haven't seen Atlanta, definitely go watch it because it's fantastic <laughs> as well. But it was it was cool to see her, and it, I like when I in, I like when I enjoy a TV show, and you, it's like this actor or actress's like first like big one or something. I'm not saying that that's her first or first big one. I'm not really sure if it is, but it's just cool to see them out in other stuff. You're like, good, good for you. It's like um, when uh, Sansa played uh, Jean Grey in those in the other two X Men movies. Um, Santa. Sansa. Oh, Santa Sans- Stark. Santa yeah. Stark, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's what's uh, her Sophie Turner? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yep. it was like it's cool and, seeing uh, her. Yeah, do actual other yeah, stuff. Yeah, Zazie, Zazie Beats is the name of the actress uh, who plays Diamond. Okay. Yeah, she has a she has a really big role in uh, Atlanta, but no, she was fantastic, and that that whole X Force scene was so satisfying. Oh, super fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. Her and the regular dude are the only ones who make it to the ground successfully. Oh, yeah, the nice little uh, cameo with Vanisher. Peter. <laughs> oh, Vanisher, that yeah. Uh, that let's Let's leave that one on Oh, no, I won't say it, anything, it, but that, that cameo was well done. I liked it. I mean, to, to be fair, if you're listening to this, you've hopefully seen the movie already, but if you haven't, it's a pretty funny little cameo. Oh, yeah, no. the Most of the... Co- like, I, w- I would say... They threw a lot of comedy our way in this. A lot of lines, and, and you know, not much. Some of it felt forced, but I would say like eighty percent of the humor in that movie landed for me and and worked. Yeah, hey, well, it's it's like I was saying as as we were rocking out of of the theater in the parking lot. I was saying I like that sort of mile a minute delivery because if maybe one joke doesn't land, the next one will. Yeah. And it's happening so quickly that you're probably laughing through it anyway. So you don't have a stop, a moment to say, oh, that wasn't that funny. Because you're already laughing at whatever has yep. happened next. I thought, uh, I probably like a minor complaint about it, though. Cable Cable was phenomenal in this. Mr. Boland did a really good job of, of personifying um, Mr. Nathan Summers. I, I uh, also, I saw a Reddit forum post well i guess i shouldn't call reddit forum i saw a reddit post <laughs> that uh where, where somebody had said that are we Deadpool gonna get technical unseated. about reddit or forums <laughs> uh so they, they they said that uh that uh deadpool unseated avengers as the number one film of the weekend and uh and uh, somebody said in the comments uh, josh brolin you've outdone yourself <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes he does yes he did well, anyway, the the one minor complaint though, his his voice didn't really 
make a distinction between Cable and Thanos. They pretty much were not identical, completely identical, but there could have been well, some. So, so Josh Brolin just sounds like Thanos just is Josh Brolin. Yeah, I know, but yeah. he, he could have done something I mean, with Cable too. But They they actually modeled his care, Thanos in the the film to look more like Josh Brolin than in previous oh, the, yeah, I know. <laughs> versions of yeah, him they did. like significantly. And and I actually don't mind that personally. I I think some people maybe have different opinions. No, they they no, modeled them. They modeled them um, after Mr. Bolin uh even during the Avengers, the first one. Like that they, they? yeah, that ending scene, you you can definitely tell that they they like, "Oh, that's Mr. Brolin." <laughs> Yeah, I okay. I if they made any changes, it was subtle because to me, it he looked the same as from the first one. With with like slight, I don't know, maybe minor tweaks or or updates to the to the look, but nothing, nothing major. Nothing like like Hulk in uh, Incredible Hulk versus Hulk in the first Avengers movie. Oh yeah, that's that's oh, not sure. like that. Yeah, I mean, not no, like that no, big no, of a change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm I'm, no, I'm intrigued on what they're going to do. I, I just looked I just looked at that first teaser image of Thanos uh, leaning back and looking at the camera, and that is like a hundred and ten percent nothing like Josh Brolin. I don't know what you're looking at. Well, we'll research. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll look this up at some point. But anyway. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm actually more intrigued now that he's actually sticking around, um, and not going back because the, the, the duo in the comic, the Cable and Deadpool in the comics is, is really good. The stories that they've done are, <laughs> they're, they're really fun. The, di- the, well, yeah, the dialogue be, between be them is, is just really good. Well, they're like personality-wise, almost exact opposite. Yeah, they're foils. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's a good match. <laughs> yeah, I, I I thought, and actually, I also really like the way that they handled time travel in the film, uh, because it's a it reminds me of a terrible like probably, I don't know, I want to say two thousand two film with Ashton Kutcher called The Butterfly Effect. <laughs> oh my gosh. Where, I know I, I, I've seen that. As soon as you start talking about it, I'll remember things from it. Yeah. So, so the the butterfly effect, the the movie. Oh, two thousand four, not two thousand two. Man, I, I I was so close to correcting myself too, but um, anyway, the the butterfly effect is. I mean, it's an okay movie. Um, Ashton Kutcher, his character is able to jump into his own past and uh, make changes. So he, when he travels back in time to like bad parts of his childhood, he's able to make changes to what had happened and that dramatically impacts his future. So he's like trying to fix all of these problems from his past by doing different things and it just really isn't working. And, and, uh, but that, that like style of time travel where, where the timeline is respected, uh, I actually like because what's happening is it, it's like it, what it's saying is I'm not splitting universes where 
I am now in a different timeline where such and such thing never happened. It's like I'm in the same timeline and what I did profoundly changed what my life is like. And but that 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 uh, whatever whatever had happened still has to get that character to that moment. So like like when when Ashton Kutcher's character makes a change, he's he wakes back up at the same time that he for, that he would have traveled back into time, but he now has the effects of whatever he did. But no matter what he did, he he has to have gotten back to that point. Like the exact point that in, he in that he traveled back from. He always yes. turns to so that exact like, moment. Yeah, so the the point is that like he can't he, nothing that he does changes his life so fun like you know, he doesn't he can't like kill himself and have that have that uh, I think that's even a like plot point where he like there's like some sort of mail bomb or something that's one of the plot points and he like goes to like I don't know like detonate the mail bomb to prevent something bad from happening and he just when he wakes up next he has no legs I think he's not dead he just he doesn't doesn't have legs um, but any, anyway I mean my, my point is that, that like if you look at the way that they handle time travel so when Deadpool at the end uses Cable's fixed time travel device to go back and, and save um, I don't remember his his uh, love interest name but um but when he sharpens, he's like, "Oh, thank goodness, we sh- I sharpen the the bagel knife or whatever, you know, like that that sort of thing." He's able to save her, but he still has to follow the rough events of the plot. Just like when Cable goes back and puts the the uh, coin in his his uh, band, because because you have to be able to get back to that point in the story where all those other events have occurred in order for him to have the time travel device to be able to go back in time. So, like, it it prevents a paradox? You see what I'm saying? No, yeah. I I understand. I get get to where you're getting at. Yeah. I guess I thought it was cooler than you guys did. (laughs) But, I mean, even if he did, when he... No, yeah, he, he... that that device makes him go to ba- to where that precise moment where he wants. Yeah, but it's almost so, it's like so he like, doesn't go back as another version of him in that timeline. He goes back and he is himself in that moment. Yeah. And then yeah. he and then he immediately is forced back into like the the ending yeah, credit spoilers and then the, which was really oh, really amazing. Oh yeah, no, those were and, and and you're right. That that is how the time travel worked really in its favor. <laughs> mm-hmm. All the so all of the like time travel stuff he did in that movie was it was great for like the fourth wall breaking that is Deadpool. And they were oh they were so funny. Oh yeah, they for sure were. And and I, I guess the only thing that I don't maybe fully understand is uh, is the way that works for Josh Brolin's character, um, because like if he if he if his character is in the past, then he is in the past with the motivation to send him back to the past. But now that motivation is gone because his wife and daughter are okay. 
so like I, I don't understand that exactly. Like maybe because he is further back in the timeline because the events that would have originally sent him back um, have not have have changed in the future, but he still can't like exit the past. The timeline again just sort of bends around him. No, I think what he wanted to do was just he didn't want the 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 current generation to screw up the future. Well, no, yeah, no, well, no, no, there, not, not the whole point was that he used up his his charge to return home to go back in time and 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 accomplish the same goal while at the same time saving Deadpool so that they could all be alive. That's why he's still yeah, there. Yeah. It wasn't like a choice no. thing. It was. The ending part where she no, no, no. fixes it and then he goes back and changes all that other stuff is just kind of fun. I know, stuff, yeah. I know, I know, but I, I'm 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 actually interested in the mechanics. That's the what mechanics I'm of the time so travel. Like, yeah, yeah, no, be, because, I understood that. because well, see, this is the thing the, for time travel with me is like if Josh Brolin he goes back, who's to say that that isn't the correct order of events? Is that he returns and then and from that point in history he was also part of this. Go moving forward. That's the beauty of the device. Well, and I guess that's too. That's the other thing too. Is like well, this. Yeah, this so, version so of when time he makes travel, that choice, the timeline bends to accommodate. True. Him. That the other thing is like th- their version of time travel is there is like the one, there's the one timeline that can be changed as opposed to you can't change the timeline. You just you rather just enter a different alternate timeline when you time travel. You don't enter your universe. You enter an alternate reality version where. You know what I mean? Like they're like the yeah. the X Men Marvel time travel. I think for the like for the most part is all linear in in the sense that like you only have the one timeline and it can be changed, as opposed sure. to you can't change this time. You might go back and change something, but now you're in a completely different reality. Like you are no you know there is still your reality still exists but you are now you yourself whoever went back in time is now existing in the this new reality yeah well and and what i'm saying is that uh, that i think it's i thinking about how he's doing that i'm not sure how the the, the that other t- you know the the two models of time travel we have i mean maybe not the only two but the two that we're conceptualizing <laughs> here are that, All right, that, Einstein. Uh, time tra- <laughs> <laughs> time time travel time travel either splits timelines and you end up in a different timeline to accommodate the changes you're making mm-hmm. or uh, b what we're seeing in this film there is one fixed timeline sort of a wide linear sort of thing and when you make changes you're stuck with those changes because you you can only exist in one timeline and so mm-hmm. Okay. That when the timeline bends, it has to bend and also give uh, allow for what has already happened to happen to get you to the point where you could time travel to go back. So my my point is this. So Josh Brolin's character, so in the original timeline, timeline uh, that uh, time travel does not exist until Josh Brolin's time. And Josh Brolin's character loses his wife and child to Firefist, who becomes awful because Deadpool has no interaction with him. That's the original timeline. When he goes back in time and he fixes everything and everything's all great, everything's kosher at the end, Josh Josh Brolin is still there. Like, 
the timeline the timeline doesn't bend like the timeline changes but it still it like changes to accommodate the fact that he's there like he's you see what i mean i don't know if i'm making sense well joel we're talking about time travel so if you can't make sense it's okay <laughs> no i mean it, yeah, it makes it like you're <laughs> He just he doesn't pop out of existence because his job is done. Yeah, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So so like that means that there is some motivation for him to come back to the past in this new version of the timeline. Because we still have to get to a point in the future where Josh Brolin, now that his wife and daughter are not dead, uh, has a well, reason why are you to come back in time. His cable. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Who's this Josh yeah, Brolin so, guy? So, so so what 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 we would say maybe is now 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 what it is is like maybe the timeline is that cable lives until uh his his uh true timeline and talks to a version of himself that says i need you to come back under such and such pretext and that's maybe the new the new timeline but it's like with time travel, it kind of like the one loop would affect the other because if he goes back and he tells like the, that version of himself to still go back in time to, to work on something, then then he has then he no longer has the burned bear. He no longer has the motivation to kill the kid. So, you know, that's, that's know. interesting, though, because technically cable should be like what relatively the same age in, as uh, Fire Fist. Right now, so he should be like little Nathan Summers should be out running around somewhere in this world right now, because I mean, Firefist, you know, he he did all this stuff in not in not that far off of a future, like what twenty thirty years maybe. Mm-hmm. So there's a little Nathan Summers running around somewhere right now in this world potentially. Sure. Yeah, that's that's possible. Yeah. Good I guess old. that part, I guess that part for the time travel doesn't make sense because their version of time travel is you go back and you are yourself in that time. Like, like you don't like Deadpool doesn't go back in time and then there's two Deadpools, right? You go back and you are yourself. So at some point, though, so what? How is Cable able to go back? Multiverse. As his, so maybe yeah. I don't know. I mean, it. I'm not gonna hold a movie accountable for not making complete sense with time travel stuff. Cause it, yeah. And I'm not an expert, but I guess that part doesn't make a ton of sense. I don't know. It, either way, for for all the intents and purposes of how they use time travel in this, it was good. Yeah, I I would just um, like to quote Looper, 2012 film, by uh, the. Would you say now disgrace, uh, director of of the Force Awakens? <laughs> Ryan Johnson because of the Force Awakens. Yeah, no, I I don't I wouldn't say he's actually disgraced, but but Isn't um, he's still getting his own trilogy. Yeah, no, he he is. Yeah, <laughs> he's uh, yeah, uh, but uh, but uh, Jeff. Um, oh, who is it? It's Jeff something. He plays the dad in 101 Dalmatians. He's in Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels, yeah, he runs out in his underwear in in that one movie about the geese. I just remember that scene. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? No, Fly, fly Away. You, it's got it's got a it's yeah Fly Away Home. It's got a young Anna Paquin in it, who also plays Rogue in X Men. 
I, I plan that. I like how I just uh, randomly know I these. That. <laughs> yeah, the, I have no clue what movie. I mean, I know 101 Dalmatians, but Jeff yeah, Daniels. So, so F- Fly Away Home um, is oh, a him, film yeah. What about did you say, Dumb and Dumber? And... <laughs> oh, it didn't come to mind. Well, how does that movie not come to mind with him? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it also. The, the, did you know Dumb and Dumber also stars uh, Jim Carrey from uh, Cinema Paradiso? Oh no, that's God. not right. That's my film. Uh, uh, from the Grinch? No, it's it's, it's not. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, okay, but but he says something like uh, this: this this time this time travel shit just fries your brain like an egg. Um, oh, when he's when he's talking to Joseph Gordon Levitt's character, oh, yeah. in Looper, and. Uh, or that's uh or no he says yeah this time travel crap just fries your brain like an egg and uh and uh, that's that's how i feel trying to articulate ideas about the time travel it just works Deadpool. let's let's use apple yeah, slogan it just it, works it works <laughs> i thought that was max slogan i did say apple didn't i oh did yeah. you yeah you did but Mac works too. Yeah, it just it it, it, it just works until yeah, it doesn't. It just works. As I as I as I well know, I literally like this afternoon I picked up a, a MacBook for work from a repair shop because its logic board had died. Hey, that's what happened to my Mac. Anyway, enough of the downtime. Um, Deadpool two, it's in theaters now. Go see it. Go break uh, Josh Brolin's record. Or don't you know? We can't tell you what no, to do. You, yeah, but it is it is a recommendation. I'm gonna tell you what to do. You should go. You need to go see that movie. It was I. I know. I. I know you guys didn't agree, but I liked it more than uh, Infinity War. Personally, it's it's a different. Yeah, film. but I think I had a. I, mean, I had more. I had more fun in this one. Sure. Yeah. I, I. I. mean. Obviously, it's. It's not really a laugh a minute in. Infinity I War. I have it. Even. Even like. It, this. I don't know. This movie had like everything for me. Like it had good comedy. It had good action. It had, it had real suits. It had real suits. Uh, it did have real there, suits. There. There were still. There were still like the emotionally heavy moments there where you could connect with it. It was like yeah. It. It had everything I wanted. You know, Story made sense. Yeah, I, Warhead is th- dating. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Jubilee. It's that not, was not Jubilee. <laughs> no, I I know it's, it's not Jubilee. Jubilee. I, that's what I'm saying. Yukio. I, I, yeah, yeah. There you go. Bye Yukio. What? What's... Bye Wade. <laughs> Bye Yukio. <laughs> she's not. All right. Who? All the. Who is that character? Hold on. Let me. I'll look. Oh, she's it up. she's literally called Yukio. No. Yeah, that's a character named Yukio. is a fictional character appearing in American comic books published by Marvel Comics. She, her um, X-Men name. Anyway. Um, oh, she's created by Chris Claremont and Frank Miller. She's just called Yukio. <laughs> yeah, she's literally just called Yukio. Get off of my back. <laughs> Well, okay. Do you know her first appearance then? 
Uh, I I don't know, but uh, but I I think that her X Men uh, name is Shut Up Holland. <laughs> uh, Wolverine in 1982. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm looking online. It says 2013's The Wolverine, the one where he goes to Japan. Oh, was she in that? She's supposedly the chick with the red hair. Oh, but yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Yukio first appeared in Wolverine number one, September 1982. Oh. As created by Chris Claremont and Frank Miller. Yeah, but the Yukio from the Wolverine had, like, she could see glimpses of the future. This one seemed to have, like, an electric whip thing. I don't... Hey... Just just like Batman Ninja, characters are <laughs> whatever the writers whatever we need be. them to be. What power do we need her to have this time? Let's just give her like electricity or something. I don't know. Alright, in the next movie, Domino needs to be a serial gambler. <laughs> she needs she ends up being Gambit somehow. Yeah, that's that's right. What yeah, is that oh movie my gosh. ever coming out. Is that even gonna Oh it's it's Gambit? Not. And it and if Gambit ever does come out, there's no way it'll start Taylor Kitsch. No way. Okay. I really, I, I really don't think that there's a need for a Gambit movie at this point. I mean, ta- Taylor, Ki- ta- Taylor Kitsch played him in his brief appearance in uh, X Men Origins. I World. thought, yeah. I thought uh, Jason Tatum was going to do play him. Jason Not Tatum. Jason. <laughs> you just you, are you shipping them together? <laughs> don't, don't, don't you be shipping this? Stupid. Don't you be shipping? Is it Jason? Are you okay now? Jason Jason Momoa <laughs> is Gambit. Oh no! He doesn't even need to power up the cards with kinetic energy. He just throws them really hard. <laughs> what about uh, John Cena? He could be Gambit. No, in no universe could John Cena. Gambit is never that jacked. <laughs> a, a version of Gambit that jacked would be. I, I don't know. Have you seen any of the '80s, '19 X Men characters? They are they, all yes, they oh men, yes, women. I do know every, what you're talking about. Children, except, all of them. except even the Professor children X. are beefy. no, no, no. Except for Professor X. Well, I mean, well, from his, the waist he's, down. He's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no! Can you imagine that? Like a super upper body strength. I was gonna Professor say, X. why is he skipping leg day? But. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you can't move them. Wow, wow, that was really bad. I'm so sorry. Do Do you think Do you think he could like marionette puppet himself? You know, like with with his own with his own legs. Like he's like just walking back and forth, kind of a like robot and walk he's because he's That's telekinetically. Uh, no, you no you you do like some workouts, but I don't think you can really because there's a lot of like uh, those like electric uh, stimulation things that you can do to like stimulate uh, the muscles. But I think a lot of it has to do with like the motions you go through, and that's really hard yeah. to recreate when you can't move your legs. Yeah. The thing that's always been amazing yeah. to me with Professor X is like I get why he's in the wheelchair. But in, 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 like, today's version of these movies where, you know, like, the Beast is, is designing and building and manufacturing an entire high-tech jet in their basement, I feel like they could at some point build him, like, bionic legs or, like, some sort of, like, sure. apparatus to move around. Kind of like uh, Rhodey and... Uh, Where's that manufacturing infrastructure <laughs> come from? Yeah. Where are you getting all these pieces from? That one makes sense. They have money. Do like they? he could just be unlike the yeah, unlike the unlike the penguin in feudal Japan. 
That's the other thing. Where do we? Does anyone know where Professor X's money actually came from, or is he just old British money? Old British, old British money, money with Wait, no real. You're, you're with, basing this off of Patrick Stewart. That's that not true. No, his family's super loaded, right? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Comic Expert, why don't you inform yeah. us? <laughs> I don't think you Yeah, where do the Yeah, yeah, why don't you tell us who's ro- who's bankrolling the X-Men, Holland? Huh? <laughs> I don't think he's he's no one's got that kind of money. Well, somebody's Bruce, got Bruce Wayne does. Well, I mean, his parents had a <laughs> I mean, his whole family has the Wayne Enterprise, so that's. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's, where's Professor? Like, isn't Professor X's family also hooked up in this world? No. I'm. All okay. right. So let's. Why is Professor X why rich? Is Professor <laughs> doing some shady shit with his powers when he was a kid. That's how I'd play it. <laughs> it's. You guys. One, one, one. Professor X has money. His family left their wealth ah. to him, which time estimates is at three point five billion. But he does not solely fund the X Men. <laughs> that's that's the real investor in him. He's like, oh, I'm not. Gonna- Angel. It says Angel has put as much, if not more, money into the X Men than Xavier. Uh, he is old money and a multi billionaire. That's actually Magneto fair. has also helped over the years, especially when he was teaching at the school in Xavier's a- absence. Emma Frost is another person from whom money has been contributed to the X Men. Like the how- Angel one's I- fair I- because that was in one of the uh, the like those like first three. X-Men movies that were like uh, in the early 2000s. Angel was like a rich kid. No, from I some big I, I like corporation. how like especially in the X-Men, not not the other Marvel uh, characters, but in the X-Men it's like and they get their money how? Oh, old money. You know. <laughs> yeah, let's just Old money. That's pl- the thing is like plot from point. what though? Plot point. <laughs> uh old money. <laughs> Okay, guys. Here's here we've got it. So within within the superhero universe, uh, highest estimated net worth is uh, T'Challa at uh, five hundred billion. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Uh, Iron uh, and then Tony Iron Stark Man estimated sure, yeah. worth at at one hundred billion. Uh, then Batman at eighty yeah, you billion. Can't cross uh, cross comics though. Oh, yeah, uh, you absolutely I, I am. On this one. Okay, then Lex, Lex Luthor. I was going to say Lex Luthor's next. After yeah, that. Lex Lex Luthor at seventy-five billion, estimated. Uh, then Doctor Doom at thirty-five yep, billion. Victor Victor Doom. And then, and then Oliver he Queen. He owns his own country, Latvia. So I mean, yeah, but and Latvia is not sitting on a mountain of vibranium. That's no, true. Isn't isn't. <laughs> Isn't Latvia a real country, guys? Don't you mean? Isn't it Latveria? Sorry, Latveria. Yeah. You're, no, you, yeah, you're right. It is Latveria. And then, uh, so Green Arrow, Queen Industries, at <laughs> uh, seven billion. Pathetic. And then Pro- Professor X estimated value. It's old money though. Of, uh, old money just doesn't 3. count. 3. 3.5 billion, and then Magneto at uh, half a billion. No, Dechal still has the most. Well, yeah, we're not arguing that. <laughs> so anyway, no arguments, only pure knowledge dropped on <laughs> the doubter. So anyway, uh, Deadpool two, Batman Ninja. Go um, watch one. If you don't see the other one, you'll be okay. <laughs> but which one? I wonder. 
Uh, <laughs> like and Don't subscribe. Too. Um, like and subscribe. Can we? <laughs> I, I'm the webmaster, and I don't even know if you can like our <laughs> podcast. I think you can. Um, There's my my Joel Joel seal of approval. <laughs> Where's that? I think, where's I that think you can like our podcast. Here's, here's the Joel seal <laughs> of uh, not that sure. Joel seal of uncertainty. I think you can if you can do it. If not. Just donate five bucks, and then um... hey, that's true. That's true. We we have uh, on on, uh, on our uh, our uh, podcast. So if you go to uh, holdmyremote.podbe.com, because we don't have the the custom URL, the just holdmyremote.com set up quite yet. Not but yet. Uh, if you go if you go to holdmyremote.podbean.com, there is a uh, buy us a coffee link up at the top, and you will make me rich. I believe in you. <laughs> Wait, why is this a singular pronoun? <laughs> Me, yeah. <laughs> like I'm the one who has all power over it's this. It's my PayPal account, you fools. <laughs> well, so anyway, um, if you do have questions or comments, uh, write us an email. Do you're we put, have an email? You're putting a lot of things out here that oh, Joel's we, like, do we have we, this? Okay. I, Oh, no, we, we do, do have, have an email. email. That's, that's pretty stupid. I, Maybe if I we just keep telling them to email. do things, it'll subtly be like, Joel, we need you to make this. <laughs> well, okay, so buy we our, uh, Buy our custom T-shirts. Um, I, we're getting uh, <laughs> uh, mugs made that say, uh, you can probably do this. <laughs> we, should, we should get those heat-changing uh, coffee mugs, and then when they pour hot coffee in it, like the fire comes on. We should do that. Oh, that would be kind of neat, like with the remote. Yeah. Ooh, I'll be in be charge neat. of coming up with the ideas. You guys handle all the boring logistic stuff of making it happen. <laughs> Sandal ideas, man. That's my yeah, ideal so, goal in life. So if for some reason you needed to email us, there is holdmyremote at gmail.com. Ultimately, there will probably be a like info at holdmyremote.com set up or something like that through through Google just so that we have another alternate way to be contacted on the site. But I mean, we've got like, I mean, honestly, we're very we, we friendly. have, we're personable. We have Two like, of us are. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to, I just we'll, want to we'll, set we'll that leave. clear for you guys right now. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Podcast over. Someone's not going to be but, on the uh, live stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When we get famous, you're out, Sandal. <laughs> oh, no. You'll just be throwing, like, T-shirts at them. Here you go. I was just going to, like, randomly in the middle of conversations, pull out, like, a T-shirt can and stand up and just shoot it, like, directly into the crowd. <laughs> That's what it is. Exactly. <laughs> it's not going to be angled up. It's going to be, like, right at them. Yeah, uh, or, or if we do demote you, you'll be you'll be the guy staffing the merch table. Oh, and- and, uh, That's and cold. Uh, Andrew and I, Andrew and I will be in our our three piece suits on the stage talking to Angelina Jolie, <laughs> and uh, you'll, hear, you'll, you'll hear a muffled gunshot about three minutes into the the set. <laughs> <laughs> There's our other founder over there manning the. There should be there should just, there just, should be like two merchandise stations, and I should have the crappy one that looks like yeah. like third party knockoff just, just, merchandise. J- just wipe his brains off of of uh, of those hats, and and uh, that'd be twenty five dollars. No, 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 no. That, that that's that's quality uh, material there. Uh, 
and that's legit sandal and so that's that's history that's 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 hold that's hold my remote history right there <laughs> that's almost better oh boy, than that's... a than a autograph wow this got really we, dark okay um, yeah we've gotten way we've gotten way darker even than the the brutality scene in in batman ninja <laughs> Woof. Um, i had to think about what you're but, saying but yes <laughs> yeah yeah the the beating of, of joker and harley quinn but anyhow, we we liked we liked Deadpool. We thought Batman was okay. It was you know, like he said, it was fun. Still watch it if you just like you know. Bat. If, if you're invested in the universe, yeah. then it's worth worth a couple hours. And but if you like, animation. I would. Uh, yeah, if you yeah, def- I would definitely say that if you're a big fan of like different animation styles, definitely watch it because they threw a lot in there. Yep. And it, and yeah, it it's, it's de- definitely a red box film if if red box stocks it or definitely, um <coughs> definitely definitely uh, red box yeah online uh procurement <laughs> online rentals <laughs> yeah rentals all right well i think that does it for us um yeah that's yep. it for today until, for joining us until next time we'll see you see you then bye Thank you.